Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is for you. My name is Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 69 of Breaker Culture Weekly, coming off a hot NFL week one. Hopefully you got the chance to sit back and watch the football this weekend. Um, that was some entertaining stuff. Man, what about Kyler Murray? Incredible fourth quarter. That's got to ignite a lot of people in the hobby for sure. <laughs> Love seeing that. Uh, but hey, look, I'm excited to spend the next hour with you because I get to spend about an hour with Ben from Midwest Box Breaks. Had a really good interview with him a few weeks ago and excited to get this out to you today. Um, ben has been breaking for a little over a year and uh look he's got he's got some really good perspectives on things I, we talked to breakers that have been doing this for 10 plus years and breakers that have been doing this for three months and the idea here is to give you just a glimpse into what what's happening in the hobby from different points of view and and if you can survive a year as a group breaker and continue to grow your business you're doing something right because that's hard to do and ben has done that and he's doing that and uh you know we cover things from you know how he handles social media and what he's learned from that angle what he's doing to drive engagement and community. He's doing a really great job with that. And so you're going to hear a lot of stuff around the break club and some of his, uh, his uh, platforms that he's using. And then we talk about some of the other fun stuff like him advertising on a billboard. I mean, he's got to be the only one that's ever done that as a group picker. <laughs> I want to know the actual ROI on that. That's so funny. Uh, and then we cover some, some hobby related topics like the allocations that uh, shops and breakers and, and the large breakers um, get the advantage of. Or disadvantage if you're smaller. And then he gave some great answers around what he thought the hobby needed. And uh, again, all of this is off the cuff. I don't prepare interview ease with with these questions uh, in most situations. And so these these guys are just they're they're talking from their hearts, and it's pretty impressive, honestly. But before we get into the interview, I have two things that I wanted to real quickly say. First off, I just want to say thank you because. Over the last couple months, especially the last three or four weeks, we've seen an unbelievable explosion in our podcast numbers. I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of people listen to our episodes, and it is, uh, it's is—it's mind-blowing the support we've seen. We, we put a lot of time into this, we put a lot of time into finding interviews, lining up, doing the editing, all that stuff that just takes time, um, and uh, most of the time we're not getting compensated for it. Uh, we do it because we love the hobby and we want to put out good content. Um, so thank you for supporting us. Thank you for helping uh, kind of push our message forward and, and uh, press on with the good vibes. So thank you for that. Second, I did promise a, a box of cards and I'm excited to give it away because we, we had some reviews in between episode uh, 68 and 69, which is this one. And I randomized the names and it looks like I have a username J.Vera, that's V-E-R-A. Review that was filled out on September 3rd, I believe on iTunes. Um, you're the winner. Congratulations. Uh, you win a box of 2019 Optic Baseball. So go ahead and find me uh, Find me on Twitter, at Breaker Culture. Shoot me a message. Um, or email us at podcast at breakerculture.com. And we will get your address and we'll send this out to you. But before we move into the interview, let me read the, the actual review that Jay Vera submitted. And it was this. Amazing podcast if you are just starting to invest. I just came across this podcast right as I was getting into sports card investing. A lot of informative content for my long commutes to and from work. Awesome guest with a lot of experience in the hobby. Definitely sticking around for the long run. Absolutely appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're going to be sticking around for the long run. Hopefully you get some more value out of other stuff. Not even investment related, but just uh, educational to kind of help bring you back into the hobby. Welcome back. Um, so anyway, enjoy the conversation with Ben. Have a great week, and uh, catch you on the back end of this. Yeah. All Ben, how you doing? 
Hey, Ty, what's up, man? Oh, not much. You have a good Tuesday? Yep, it's going pretty good so far. How are you? Yeah, good. We, uh, we got destroyed by a storm this weekend, and uh, it rained like seven inches in our city, Kansas City. Finally okay, got yeah. some sunshine. We got some this morning, and uh, uh, it's good for me because it means I don't have to mow, so I'll take it. <laughs> are you the type that, like, you're not going to cut it super short because you don't want it to get burned, your, your grass, or do you, you kind of maintain... Uh, honestly, I, I do not care. I know it drives my wife nuts, but I'm just, I'm not a yard guy. So it is what it is. So like nothing, no landscaping, nothing. You just cut uh, it and I, roll. I've got, I've got landscaping. We've lived here about two years and I did the, the basics, but, uh, I mean, you can imagine I spend most of my time inside. So, oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. We, uh, we have six acres and I have a, about two acres that you can mow, but most of it's fenced and you can't even see it. And I just don't care. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of that way. I mean, I do what I need to do. No weeds, no nothing. But uh, especially this time of the year with uh, seasonal allergies, I just as soon stay inside and uh, mess with cards. I guess living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. That's so. Midwest box breaks. This is uh, this is who you are. How did this begin? Where, where, where did it all start for you? Well. Um, my collecting story kind of helps define what we're trying to do. Um, uh, I'm in my mid forties. So I collected a lot, got into it big in the eighties, nineties. Um, the same time things kind of, you know what? I think it was still pretty busy when I stopped, um, still kind of at the peak, but, uh, you know, how it is adulthood. You get out of school, get married, get a job, get divorced, have kids, <laughs> not necessarily in that order, but, um, it was away a long time. And, you know, once in a while I'd, I'd jump on eBay and grab something and just kind of put it away and forget about it. But, uh, really I'd say maybe two years ago, I started looking at it again. I started buying, um, buying cards and going through them. And, you know, I, I kind of got into Twitter too, cause I wasn't a big Twitter presence and, uh, kind of saw people doing the card hustle. And I thought, you know what, that's kind of cool. And started doing that. And it really started out as just selling cards on Twitter and then talking to a friend of mine, um, Madden Crazy Titans fan. What's up, Bobby? If you listen to this, we started talking about Bobby! cards. Yeah, he, he told me about breaks, and uh, I checked out a couple breaks. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a gambler, too. So um, part of that appealed to me, but just the, the part of getting hits. And uh, I was hooked instantly. So got into a ton of breaks. Uh, love uh, Top Shelf and Buck City. Those guys are awesome to me, even to this day. Nice. And um, did a bunch of eBay breaks and stuff like that. And, um, as the mail day started coming in, I just acquired a ton of, of cards and I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's like anything. It's so easy to buy into breaks and buy cards. And it, the tougher part is listing, selling, trading, just, you know, that whole piece of it. And as I kind of decided that I needed something to do, I thought, you know what? It'd be cool if I spent as much time trying to show people or, or help them uh, find ways to flip and sell and, and trade, you know, with a group they trusted. And, um, so I kind of, I kind of built, uh, the break site with the, uh, with the, um, I guess the, the Easter egg hidden feature in there that we were going to try to help guys, you know, flip their cards and, and move their cards and trade within a group. And it's just kind of blown up from there. So breaks are really the vehicle that we do it through, but I'm really about, you know, the hobby in general and just trying to be a resource. Um, you'll hear me talk on my, on my stream a lot about helping guys coming back to the hobby mm -hmm. returnees, people new to breaks, people new to cards. Um, cause when I got in, there was, it was a pretty steep learning curve and didn't know what a lot of stuff meant. And, you know, I'm looking right now at a stack of Beckett's that I barely cracked the cover on because <laughs> I thought, okay, I need, you know, I better get a basketball Beckett, a football, a baseball, and then, you know, I got clued in that, hey, guys, it's all about eBay comps and then started joining a couple of Facebook book groups and Razzes and all kinds of other crazy stuff. And I'm like, you know what, I really want to really want to try to help collectors, you know, not make some of the mistakes I made and, and learn fast and, and get back in because you could tell it was it was back and it was it was back in a good way. So, yeah. So you said learning curve that immediately stuck out to me. What, what would you say was the biggest part of the learning curve for you? I would say just the whole prospect of hits and mm. relics and patches and autos and <laughs> numbered cards and all the stuff that 
you know, you weren't seeing a whole lot of that when I got out. Yeah. And, and you know, buying my first couple boxes and retail stuff. I thought, oh, retail, you know, and you pull a patch out and you think, oh, this is a hundred dollar card. It's got to be. And then you're like, okay, it's five dollars. And once I got over that excitement of, hey, this is a, a piece, you know, out of this guy's jersey. Um, just schooling the difference between hobby and retail, um, the hits, RPAs, uh, just how expensive some of the cards could be, and um, and you know, and I've been I've in some pretty good Facebook groups. I don't do a lot on Facebook, but there were some too that, you know, sometimes they tend to be I'll say snobs for lack of a better word. <laughs> you know, if I certainly wouldn't get on there today and you know post one of my Mattingly cards or something that was popular for exciting for me mm-hmm. because you know a lot of those groups are about the the big hit you know the right. high dollar card and and I really I'm really trying to um, cater and work with a different type of collector if that makes sense mm-hmm. that the, I'm really about the guy that you know is still after his PC stuff and and gets excitement on you know I've got I'll rate the dollar bin at every show I go to and I'll still I'm looking at a stack here, you know, like a 78 Reggie Jackson and, and some stuff like that where, you know, a guy that's a, a true collector is going to get excited about that stuff, especially if it's outside of their, their time frame if they're in their collecting, if that makes sense. Hmm. So yeah, that's that really what I'm about is is actual, actually the collector. I get a lot of questions every day about investing and flips and what's this worth and what should I buy? And really, I tell them the same thing every time. Do what makes you happy. It's your collection. Hmm. So I, I think there are people in here just to, to make money. And I think long-term they may be disappointed, but uh, really I, I'm, I'm about that collector. And the guys in my group uh, reflect that the ones I really go after to, to uh, join my break club. And, and that should be the next question, hopefully for you. <laughs> you know what? Just for that reason, I will not ask that question. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- that does intrigue me though, around just the audience that you attract, because I think that's always, when you talk to breakers and obviously I've talked a lot in interviews and things, it's they're, they're always trying to figure out who their demographic is, who that type of person that they, they, they specifically attract. When did you realize that you, you were starting to attract the right buyers? Because I mean, I mean, there's a good mix of new collectors. There's a good mix of people that are, that are spending $10,000 of breaks in a month, you know, a month. What did you do to get right. that? Yep. I think I've got a little bit of everything and I've got those, the high roller types that, you know, want to buy a full case from me or want personal boxes and, and chase high end stuff. We pulled a, uh, a trout card, a one of one out of definitive that Hmm. went for about $6,000. So we've got guys like that in our group, but I've also got guys that, Hey, you know, can you have the guys in the group send me, you know, the doubles from archives because I'm trying to put the set together. So my thing is, to build a room, uh, a, a group that kind of appeals to all of that and find those, find ways for those guys to work together and actually become friends and trading partners. And, um, I've seen them all, but really if I was to target specific people, it's that guy, you know, pays for his cards with his overtime. He's balling on a budget, breaking on a budget. And, um, you know, he, he's sensible. I don't want anybody to go crazy, but I've got some guys that, you know, they go on tilt and Hey, give me another case or, you know, give, give me another personal box. And, but I've also got guys that, yeah, you know what? I get paid Friday. I'll wait till Friday or, you know, can I get five bucks off? But I'm really trying to try to cater that average collector. You're not going to find a $300 mixer on my site. Um, even now with a five star coming out, I'm sitting here racking my brain. It's got two cards. You know, I did a mixer <laughs> with archives because, for me, I want these guys that buy into the break to end up with a mail day. So it, yeah. it, some of the high end stuff is tough for me to list because I hate the idea of striking out. And uh, I'll tell new people all the time: new guys get a guaranteed mail day, even if they strike out completely. Um, I'll add extra stuff to their break, and uh, it's just that I guess that blue collar mindset that you know I want these guys to get the absolute most cards they can get for what they spend. So. And I think people have caught on to that and they can tell it's genuine and, and we've blown up in the past. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. Uh, what was it? Not quite two months ago. And I mean, it's been crazy. I, I, I can't work hard enough for these guys. It's, 
it's it's nuts. That's great. So what what is the volume trajectory been? Have you started this? I mean, are you, it sounds like you're kind of turning away work in a sense. What what kind of volume are you doing? You know what? I, I'd say I can't list breaks fast enough, and it's gotten to the point mm. where I'm aggressively seeking a consistent distributor to try to keep some of the costs down and to guarantee product. Oh yeah. But um, I. Uh, you know what? I don't know how many breaks we do a week. It kind of depends on, on what's going on. But I actually switched to a, a different position at my employer, so I was free every night to to do breaks, whatever night we needed to do. But um, number wise, I don't focus on. I just kind of, I guess, I gauge how we're growing by how big the chat room is and how fast we fill breaks mm. and, and kind of go from there. I, I don't focus on the numbers a lot of that. To, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but, no, uh, I, and I guess I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to ask that type of question. I, I guess more so are you breaking certain nights of the week and you, yeah, you... I uh, going on this, on this new schedule to where, cause I, you know, I, uh, as a, a factory manager, it was kind of a crazy schedule, but I've, I've got a consistent schedule now where I think we're going to try Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm. And then we've also kicked around Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but honestly, I'm leaving the weekends open. My wife, Jamie, is super patient. And I've told her, you know, hey, if it's a big week, I may break on a Saturday. And mm. and I'd say anything is an option based on the volume. But um, it's nothing to ship out um, 120, 150 orders a week. Beautiful. That's awesome. Nice work. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bear. And I've, um, I've come to the realization that there's only one of me and um, – <laughs> I've picked up some help, some shipping help and uh, sorting help. And again, looking to make, uh, I spent a lot of time at national, I guess it was a smaller percentage of fun. And the other percentage was meeting people, mm -hmm. you know, from our group and, and then tried to um, do some work and make some solid contacts and uh, just following up on some of those as I've come back and, and settled in. But uh, I've said it out loud several times and put it on Twitter and, and whatever that I'm, I'm looking for positive hobby people to you know to align with and, and try to do some pretty cool things so if there's somebody out there and they've got some ideas or some things i've talked to everybody from you know loot locker to blowout and just need to follow out on some of that stuff and and again the goal is to just give everybody the most for their money awesome so you've been doing this for a year at what yep. moment in the last year do you feel like you've kind of just realized this is going to work. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. Was it a couple months ago when you hit your, your anniversary or, or is uh, I'd say it was, uh, it was a little bit before that. And what was crazy was the one year anniversary. I, I told people, you know, Hey, we're looking for some stuff to be donated. And I've gotten, um, there's a company called hat tack, which makes this, um, it's a curved plastic piece. And I'm looking at one now it's got my logo on it. Um, <laughs> baseball treasures that, you know, they make those coins. They've been doing those. I've, um, I've sent out, you know, one DM saying, Hey, let me show some of this stuff off on YouTube. And these people are sending me stuff. Um, and now I'm, I'm getting tagged in a lot of stuff where people are asking me questions and we do a ton on Twitter. My Facebook and Instagram, um, definitely need some growth, but Twitter, I mean, I'm getting tagged in all kinds of stuff. And at first I'm like, okay, why are they asking me? But then I realized, we did this well, when I say we, it's me and the group, but we did this to ourselves that, you know, if I, if I wanted to quit now, I don't know if I could, because we've, we've put such a foothold in, you know, the hobby, especially on Twitter that, you know, I need to respond to those people. And I've got a, I guess a, a service minded attitude that I work for these guys. My job is to put cards in their hands. So, I mean, I answer every DM, I answer everything I'm tagged in you know, I at least like it. I'll follow up. If I don't have an answer, uh, it, it takes, sometimes it takes a little bit to get back to people, but uh, I see the stuff they tagged me in and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I don't want to leave people hanging because I've been there. I've tagged people. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I guess I'm not, you know, cool enough to, <laughs> to warn an answer. So I, I really work hard to try to um, do what's best for the hobby. So, and that's part of the, the tagline too, that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, respect for the hobby. And that's important to me too. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So do you feel like, do you feel like you get 
you get the rewards from doing that. I mean, because I think there's always a balance, right? It's it's like, I mean, your time is valuable, especially as a breaker, right? You, I mean, you, you're giving up your time with your family to go break and then you got to ship, you do all this stuff. Do you feel like you're seeing tangible value from spending time answering Twitter tags, Twitter questions? Yeah. I think, I think it just leads to the growth and some of the things we want to do. And, and people have made comments about our engagement level and stuff. And, and I'm very mm-hmm. proud of that. And I think it's, it's just something you need to do it. And I don't, you know, as a small guy, you know, I'm not one of those great big corporate breakers that are breaking a hundred cases of a product. And, you know, it, it's, and I'm a big follower of Gary Vee and I met him at national. He's a super nice guy, mm-hmm. but you know, he talks about, you know, scratching and clawing and, and eating that dirt until you make it. And, and I mean, I've, I've gone, gone to work with a couple hours of sleep. I've, you know, averaged four hours of sleep a night. I've done whatever it takes. I've shipped all the orders by myself, answered all DMS. Um, I've done some crazy stuff and, and it's all for the sake of the hobby and, and to build, you know, this awesome. And, and it's something I don't even keep track of my hours because I love doing it to me. Uh, I had to explain it to my wife a little bit, but she said, well, you're basically working a second job. It doesn't feel like work. I love what I'm doing. Hmm. Um, some days are better than others, but, um, it, to me, the payoff is like going to national. That was a big deal to me. Um, Chicago is only three hours away, hmm. but you know, it put me in a spot where I got to meet Joe Montana and, and that was awesome. So to me, my reward was, Hey, because of Midwest box breaks and all the work I put into it, I met Joe Montana. I met Kerry V. Um, I went to the Panini party and met Ditka, Spud Webb, Ric Flair. And even then I was a representative of Midwest box breaks and the group and the team and the, the, the core of guys, you know, in our little chat room and stuff. And to me, that's the payoff. Um, I don't really, any of the money that comes from this goes back into it. Um, I raid the dollar bins at the local show I buy product there. Um, all the swag I got, for the most part, not counting the the uh, national packs because I need, needed to flip those. <laughs> but um, I, I give that stuff away all the time, and I'd rather, you know, if I pull a card out of whatever, first thing I'm thinking is, okay, who PCs this team? And I got autos from the the Panini show. I gave away the Trevor Hoffman. I gave away the Ditka. Um, to me, there's no excitement in listing that and then getting twenty. 30 40 bucks 10 bucks whatever um it's really about the our group is what it comes down to yeah no i love that attitude i do um i do think there's again once again a a balance right because if if everyone takes that approach and doesn't think so much about the bottom line then you just won't be doing this three years from now your wife won't let you right so you have to figure out a a way to make it affect your your checkbook a little bit so yeah and, and like i said that's that's the payoff for me is the experiences and some of the cool things and and that's, I've got a, a pretty good job and, and, you know, I pretty much can do whatever we want to do for our group and, and for the business. I just need to find the time to do it. I've, yeah. I've been pitched all kinds of things and, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and as we kind of scale and I bring some people on board, um, some cool things are on the way. And the biggest thing I want to do is, is keep the prices fair and competitive too. So, um, you know, you joke and you throw out living the dream. I mean, it, again, it does not feel like work in any way because I, I truly enjoy it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so since you brought up Gary Vee, I'm curious your perspective. So you, you mentioned the type of collector that you attract as a, as a group breaker and the, and the type of collector you want. Do you think Gary Vee's bringing the right type of right type of audience in, into the hobby? I think so. I know a lot of people follow him and I think he's careful because um, he knows people pay attention to what he says, but um, whether it's cards or anything else, um, you know, he, he, I mentioned this on another podcast, he didn't get where he's at by missing trends. And I know for a fact, I've sent him some stuff and, and he still gets excited about cheap cards, but also, you know, the way he's wired is, you know, he looks for ways for people to, uh, to flip and make money, whether it's at a, at a garage sale, a thrift sale, eBay, whatever. I think there are some people out there that, um, are looking for, I used to day trade a long time ago. And one of the things I picked up on was if someone gave you a, a stock tip 
to run away, don't walk. So I think there are people out there that are saying, hey, hey what can I buy now and, and flip? You need to do your homework. And, and I get asked that all the time. Um, you need to think about what you're doing and, and kind of, you know, weight your risk and be smart about it. So I'm real careful that, you know, I don't say, hey, buy this guy, buy that guy. Um, but as far as for Gary, I, I think he's, because of the age and the demographic, guys like me in their 40s coming back. But um, I think the ones that are doing it right are being patient, learning, starting out cheap. And uh, and I, I think it fits whatever anybody wants to do. I think if somebody's out there going crazy and just buying up a ton of prospects, um, there's risk to that. And right. it either pays off or it doesn't. But it, it certainly wouldn't be based on anything he said. He will give some, some tips here or there on who he likes. But he's certainly not telling people who to buy as far as, as far as I can tell. But uh, I think it's positive. Uh, the national was crazy. Um, he's brought in a lot of people. Um, I've had a lot of people message me that, you know, they got in because, because of him. Uh, Phil Hughes is another big one uh, from the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually been in a few of my breaks, a great guy, super nice guy. But uh, I think as some of these guys are more vocal about their collecting, um, it's bringing some more people in and, and there's still tons of guys in my you know age group, the thirties, forties that are coming back in and going, you know, once they get that taste and open a pack, they're like, yeah, I remember why I like this. And I remember, you know, one of the first packs I opened up, it was a 83 tops and mm-hmm. I had a, a Gwyn and um, I think it was a Jesse Barfield and I sold the Gwyn for three bucks and I went and bought like five or six more packs so um, those real collectors are out there, but I'm certainly here as a resource for the guys that are trying to flip. I just uh, I hate to see somebody disappointed when they don't pull a big hit because it's not realistic to pull that out of a, a box every time. Sure. Yeah. No, I was I had this conversation with a, a guest uh, earlier this week, actually. We were talking about just the effect of Gary Vee and my whole my whole theory is that. Uh, I don't necessarily think we have a lot of the uh, the sneakerheads coming into the hobby. Maybe like Gary V does, and there, I'm sure there's plenty. I think it's the and there's probably some overlap here too. But I think it's just the FanDuel fantasy generation, right? And now you have an opportunity to invest quote, invest in players with an actual asset. Um, it's crazy, and it's almost like we're on the on the same wavelength. Um, I really like that DFS group. Uh, um, and we've got a few of those guys in the group and we actually have, um, gups in our group too. Mm-hmm. And, um, to me, it fits everything they're doing. Um, they analyze trends, they look to, you know, the contrarian play. So as everybody else is chasing Zion, maybe you go after, you know, mm-hmm. somebody else, the fourth or fifth pick. Um, I think they're good at spotting value. And they know sports, they know their teams, they know if so, who's hot. Um, if I was a, a DFS guy and knew nothing about cards, it would it would have a lot of appeal to me because it pushes a lot of the same buttons. So if DFS guys are listening and they want to try it out, all they've got to do is hit me up because we're getting more and more. And I used to play FanDuel and DraftKings, but this kind of got in the way. But it's still a rush. And um, I think they get a lot of the same juice out of collecting, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'd like the pricing ladder stuff that we do. I would say most of the time, the people that, that really enjoy it are the guys that are heavily into DFS. Yeah. You know, which is great. It's, I mean, it's cool. I think it's a, it's a good way to view the game and it's, I think it's a better way of spending your money. It, yeah. Watching the game, but anyway. I agree. Um, cool. So what would you say some of the, the bigger lessons you've learned as you've run your group baking business over the first year, anything stand out to you? Um, I would say that there are plenty of cards for everybody. And, um, (laughs) and I think people are going to go where they feel like they fit in at first, you know, and, and I'm a big loyalty guy, but you know, I see people break everywhere and I get it because it just depends on what kind of mood they're in it. If, they're going to go where the prices are the best and where they, where they feel welcome. Um, there's been some product learning that there's some things that, you know, next time around, I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to 
get too crazy into, you know, this football or that baseball mm-hmm. based on, you know, what I saw the year before. Uh, that's been a big adjustment for me. think there've been a couple products where, I, you know, if I was late to get in, I just decided I wasn't going to chase it or wait for the right price. I think I've, I've gone more from pick your team stuff to randoms and looking at different formats. Mm. And really it's, I've identified through just kind of keeping my eyes open who I want to be in line with as far as who are positive guys in the hobby. It's almost like buying your first house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I got my first house. Great. Oh, uh, I guess if I would have did it over again, I would have you know changed this, this, and this. Right. Well, in year two, as the next cycle of product comes through, yep. you kind of, kind of learn what to, what to swing hard on and what to kind of shy away from. Sure. So let's get a little specific then. So what, what products do you feel like, let's be product specific, I guess. What, what you feel like you're probably not taking a swing at second time around? Um, I, I really, really, really hated Panini one. <laughs> and, and the more, and I think we ended up breaking maybe two cases of it, but I just, I felt sick and I hated it. I, you know, after I pulled two Mason Rudolphs out of a case, I'm, I'm like, Oh my God. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, this recent run on archives. Uh, and I know the problem is my diehard tops guys, I have to have it for them. And I'm mm. in a spot too, where I'm not obligated to order anything. I'm not being forced anything yeah. because I don't have a direct relationship with any supplier. Um, I can pick what I want as, you know, as much as I want, if I'm willing to pay for it and avoid whatever product I don't, I don't like, but, um, uh, we're building up hockey a little bit, uh, getting more and more hockey guys. I just need, need to get better at pronouncing their names, <laughs> but, um, Everybody I've, does. I've, I've tried to steer away from some base heavy stuff and not get too crazy. But at the same time, I know I've got people that want it and it's my job to, to give it to them. Um, I love tops tribute. I love triple threads, uh, Bowman's best. We ripped a ton of 18 Bowman's best just because it was that, that middle ground where, mm. you know, sweet, sweet hits, sweet autos, a decent amount of cards um, and, and a healthy price point that, that middle range is what really appeals to me. But, uh, I mean, I'll break high end and I'll break super cheap. Uh, once on a whim, I picked up a box of 2006 rack packs and I ripped it and I was miserable doing it, but it was kind of neat to look at and it was a, a cheap thing for my guys in break club. So that's funny. Um, we're going to get to break club here in a second. Cause you mentioned a couple of <laughs> times I need to know you're strategically dropping it in. I love it. Uh, Panini one. So that, that's an interesting one to me. Cause I, I did a football card rankings for all the products that came out last year. And Panini one actually was the third overall ranked when we did it like by category, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. Cause I, I did not realize it. It did not seem like it was doing that well, but it had, it so, had the highest average price and sales per card when you factor in cost of the box hmm. and it's, it's highest card sold was like 3,500 bucks, which is pretty high for a mid range product. Yeah. Interesting to me. So it could have been, I just got a bad case, but it, it's one of the few products that I've ripped where when I was done, I, I just, I didn't feel good about it. And that's, you know, as a working stiff, mm. that's something that translates to my customers where I'm like, you know, this guy paid X and here's what I got. It, it drives me nuts. I hear you. Okay. What, so what, what have you learned kind of on the social media side and, and advertising for your business and kind of getting the word out? Has it been a lot of word of mouth growth or are you finding that social media channels and I, I it sounds like your engagement's really driving a lot of what you do. So what, what yes. lessons have you learned there? So, um, I've pretty much lost interest in any kind of Facebook boost. Um, and we'll get there eventually. And I've told, I've been told Facebook's the easy part. That's the one I'm struggling with the most, but I also, I also stick with what I'm comfortable and double down on, on what we're good at. And it's Twitter. And, and I love Twitter. We've got, Mm -hmm. I think it's 4,100 followers. Uh, the Twitter family is good to me. Um, Instagram, I, I still don't fully get, but there's also some things I need to, as I, 
you know, get free time and, and kind of toy around with it. I can kind of learn from uh, Periscope's a new one. I like Periscope. Um, I use it as a default because I don't have enough YouTube subs yet. We're at about 740, so please sub to YouTube so I can get to 1,000 so I can break when I'm out of town. So there's a plug for that. <laughs> wait, wait, but, wait. Um, what? Why can you break when you're out of town? When you're well, out of town? I, well, I can't, I can't break uh, from my phone without... Uh, Without having a thousand subs for YouTube. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no mobile. I got it. Yeah. So, um, but I love the social media piece. We've actually been on a billboard. I had a friend Tyler what? Um, had access to um, a digital bo- billboard in uh, uh, Missouri, and we were on there for I think it was a month. So, like every couple seconds, it, it'd scroll over to Midwest Box Breaks. Um, I've got some pens with my website on them. I've got business cards. Um, I love going to the local show and dropping some stuff there at the table when they check in and just going around talking to people. And at first I thought, oh, I'm going to do all these local breaks and it hasn't come to fruition yet. But um, I'm telling you, there's still there's still an opportunity there with old school media and it, it's cheap, but um, nothing's cheaper than free. And you can get a lot of that with social media. So um for people that don't have a big social media game, you're missing out because, um, I mean, it's, it's the easiest way to do it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so Missouri, you just said Missouri billboard. Where was this billboard at? Obviously, I don't know if you know, I love Missouri. So it was, um, uh, let me, were you in the St. Louis region on like I 70 or were you kind of hidden somewhere? And if you don't know, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, just I'm trying to think of the town he told me it was in. I just picture 98% of the population seeing Midwest box breaks thinking. Hmm. Yeah, it was, okay. a, it was off the highway and I'd have to dig it up and see where he had it. But we, uh, we actually had four billboards. Uh, I want to say like, is there a Lawrenceburg? Lawrence? Lawrence is in Kansas, but uh, there's, there, maybe there's a Lawrence, Missouri. I don't know. I'll have to find out, but it was a, uh, it was a pretty cool deal, and I actually that's cool, very cool. Yeah, that's got to be yeah, one was, of the first, maybe the first, maybe the only group breaker to have his own billboard. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the, the the real story is I paid nothing for it, but uh, <laughs> he made me a sweet deal. And really, it came down to, and it's funny how things work because um, I really pay attention to this kind of stuff and and signs out there, not literally signs, but um, figuratively, but. Um, the guy was in a break. He was a Chiefs fan. He didn't do that great. I threw in some Chiefs stuff. And remember all the breaks I told you I was in? Mm-hmm. I've given most of that stuff away. Um, but I gave him some extra Chiefs stuff, and we started talking. He's like, hey, here's an opportunity. And 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 really, that's, that's the thing I'm after is the networking and the partnerships and the family yeah. and the community and, and kind of having each other's backs. And, and, you know, I've met everybody from, you know, doctors to lawyers to guys that run billboards to – you know, guys that are in sales, the teachers, and it, it's neat when all those pieces fit together and everybody kind of helps each other out. Yeah. So let, let's fast forward kind of to rest of 2019, 2020. Where, where do you, where do you hope to take Midwest box breaks and um, maybe use this time to talk a little bit about break club too. I want to know more about this. Well, like I said, I need to follow up on the context made at national. Mm-hmm. Um, I need, to I'm still kind of ordering the hard way through a couple of local guys who even after 30 years in the business get allocated and squeezed out and and that's a soft spot for me because I'm really an LCS fan especially guys that have been in a long time that have survived eBay and the internet and junk wax and breakers and everything else and the guys that are still ticking um, so really just ordering more ordering more consistently and cheaper uh, to keep the cost down um i'd like to partner with some smaller breakers in some capacity and really Hmm. i'm looking for people that share the vision and then trying to find a way to work with them um i'd like to grow our basketball program the hockey program um i know i've got nascar and marvel and wrestling fans out there too and and um really try to scale to the next point and um shipping has gotten a lot better since I've gotten some help, but consistent shipping. And I really, I want to, want to be the best source for people. And, and again, just continue to grow the group. So, 
Beautiful. So, so what exactly is this? We're going to touch on allocation in a second because that's that was that's a hot topic for sure. But what what exactly? Give us the gist of Break Club and kind of the idea behind Break Club. All right. So, going back to where I said, you know, hey, breaks are cool. It's easy to buy. What do I do with all the stuff I don't want? <laughs> yeah. Um, it started as a Twitter group. Okay. And then um, that can only hold fifty people, and you're limited. You're in one room. And then uh, uh, Braden, who was one of our uh, early guys, that, and became friends and he had some experience he brought up discord and of course i knew nothing what discord was i don't have time to to play games online um and that's really what it's built for but we set up a server and we kind of hijacked it for cards and just started inviting people like i said that fit that criteria you know they're coming back after Mm -hmm. a long time away or they're just decent guys and i do my homework if somebody asks me for the invite uh i check out their their social media and stuff and make sure they're not a d-bag and they're not you know a greedy person and they're not offensive to people and um so in the group you can buy sell trade um there's an occasional raz in there we do members only breaks um, you can divide it up into different rooms and we've got a grading submission room in there uh, we do fantasy stuff in there all kinds of random acts of kindness um hobby tips I set up a little classroom thing with some definitions and really, like I said, the people were after the guys coming back and the guys that, you know, want to be part of a trusted community. Um, I've got, uh, I'm on the, the scammers Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not as a scammer, but, uh, as just a <laughs> member, you make but, random I, guest appearances. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you, we don't have any of those issues. I've, I've never been stiffed on a payment. Um, anything we do in there, the payments happen fast. I've got a guy that audits them for me behind the scenes through my website. Um, never had any kind of scamming issue. Nobody's ever been cheated cards. And and really because we do some of that homework and we seek out tons of RAKs, random acts of kindness, all day long, giving away spots for people's birthdays. Um, if we know your kid collects, free stuff for your kids. Um, we've got an actual thread in the room for shipping notes where, you know, a guy says, Hey, I know so-and-so's Royals fan, give him all my Royals base or give him my dupes, um, doubles, things like that. Um, It's just a way for them to, to have another resource. And it goes back to, you know, what, how can I get these guys the most for their money? And, And I know a lot of people, a lot of breakers have loyalty programs and stuff. And really for us, it's that room because there's a lot of money to be saved and a lot of cool stuff going on in that room. So um, we've up to 220 members. Um, I've got Phil Hughes in it. He's super awesome, very generous with his time. Um, it gets bigger, and I've only turned down a few people, and usually it's been on their approach because they say, oh, hey, I heard you've got this chat room. I've got some cards I need to sell. Can I get the invite? And it's it's going to be a no because that's not what we're about. Hmm. And honestly um, – the approach is, you know, the room runs itself. I've got some mods and admins, uh, Troy and Coach. Uh, my right-hand guys are, are awesome. Uh, the thing is basically it it runs, I'll say, 20 to 21 hours out of the day. There's a little dead time between maybe like 2 and 6 in the morning. But um, people need to mute some of the rooms because it can get kind of uh, busy. But the thing's awesome. And, and they fill stuff when I'm not there. Um, everybody's respectful. It's it's the most amazing thing, and we've seen some, some pretty cool collecting things happen in there, and um, it beats anything on Facebook, uh, hands down, far and away. That is awesome. It sounds way too good to be true. There's no way it exists. Yeah, there's, a, <laughs> there's some times, you know, anytime, the more people you get in a room, yeah. the, the more you have some personalities. Sure. But I'd say any, and sometimes I get irritated, but we settle it. We work it out as adults and you know, it, it, you can't go anywhere, you know, anywhere that has more than one person and not, you know, have the occasional thing come up. And, hmm. you know, I'm, uh, I'm not the easiest person to deal with sometimes if I'm having a bad day. And, um, but again, the main thing is that trusted community and, and we've killed it. it it's, it's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. And, hmm. and it's built, it starts with me and then the group of people around me, the, the nucleus, the core, mm-hmm. and those people are out doing the things that I would do if I had time. And it, it's it's so awesome. And it, it's 
200 people that share the vision. There's some dead accounts in there where yeah. I think maybe people just didn't get it or, or kind of, you know, haven't spent time in it. But um, my whole premise is if you get enough people doing the right thing for the right reasons, have the same vision. I mean, we've done some pretty cool stuff. So extremely proud of that. So what's up, Break Club, guys? Love it. That is awesome stuff. Let's shift from something so positive like the Break Club to something not so positive. Okay. Like allocations. So that, that is always the hot, I mean, not so much for the hobby in general, but for breakers and for folks trying to get into, you know, the hobby, trying to figure out how to, you know, purchase wax period. What do you think the easy solution is, or is it, is there an easier solution to figuring out allocations? Well, I don't, what I don't want is I don't want to see more product because okay. we'll be back in the nineties all over again. Yep. Um, I think the product is out there. It just depends on how many people touch it first before it gets to you. And, and I'll be honest, I, pricing is one of the things I put the most thought into. Okay. And I'm at the stage in the game where I just want to get cards in your hands. So if you DM me and say, hey, your Broncos are X, I see them $5 cheaper here. Mm-hmm. And then I go to that site and realize it's because you know they're the Walmart of cards and breaking. And I'm the mom and pop store on the corner. You know, I'll take a five dollar hit, even if I break even or lose, mm-hmm. to to have their business. But I've seen some things where I do the math, and I'm like, wow, you know, they all their breaks spots are cheaper than what I'm buying the case for. So that does make it tough. And there are new breakers coming every day. And when I first started, I was told that, you know, it's it's longevity. These guys think it's easy, and if they're not fully invested in the hobby and they're not thinking long-term, they're not going to last because, you know, the first time something doesn't fill or they can't get in at a decent price, you know, they get frustrated and they're gone for months at a time. But, um, my, on the allocations on new releases, I feel like I've got to have just about every new release and I'll order it from where I need to order it from and, and set the prices. And, you know, it's no different than, you know, a grocery store where, right. You know, they, people may not know this, but a lot of them don't make money on milk, eggs, and some of the basics because, you know, they're getting it from somewhere else. But, um, I really, there are very few products I have avoided because I couldn't get it. Because if you look, you can find it. Hmm. You just need to make sure that by the time it gets to the customer, it's not crazy because people, people will shop around and, and go where it's cheaper. But, um, Every, every week I see new breakers, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram or a website. And I'm just like, okay, let's, let's see what happens. And, you know, loyalty is one thing, but people need to save money. <laughs> but again, what I don't want to come out of this is more product to be produced. And, yep. and I don't think they're doing that. Somebody would have to show me the numbers. I think they've avoided that, but the product is there. The problem is who's getting to it first, you know, mm-hmm. who's who's the middleman. And and it's if you were to ask me for the top five things I didn't like that, that's way up there because I see my LCS guys getting squeezed and not getting any product. And it just uh, I hate it because I'll see I use the term corpo breaks, you know, rip 100 cases of something just for the sake of showing it off. And I'm like it pisses me off to, to be honest, but I mean, it is what it is. How can, how can you survive and what can you do to, to stay alive? And, and that's what it comes down to, but I hate it for everybody. So if you had the opportunity to rip a hundred cases of something and make good money on it, you wouldn't do it. I, you know what? I don't know. Hundreds a little extreme. I'd say the most of anything I've ripped, I've ripped a ton of Bowman's best, but again, you know, you don't, when you're at my level and you're a small guy, you don't save any more money because you ordered 10 cases versus two cases. If that makes any sense, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no drop off there. It's, there's a big difference between, you know, Walmart ordering three semis of something and, you know, right. the guy down the street ordering one pallet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess, I guess I struggle with that a little bit too, because if they're if they're able to do it, 
that's what's more frustrating to me than the person doing it. Sure. Because it's it's like that they they shouldn't be able to get a hundred cases when the car shop down the street can only get allocated two boxes. And I mean, I get it, right? It, it sometimes it's purchasing power, sometimes it's history, it's all that stuff that factors into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I don't I don't fault a guy for being able to rip a hundred cases and do it successfully. That's actually quite impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, and and I guess you know it's a hobby to yep. a lot of us, but it's also a business, and and that's that's the part that. I'm really frustrated with so. <laughs> um, so let's talk about how you stay on top of your game. Then are you are you an avid sports watcher? Do you? I mean, you talk about pronouncing names for NHL players. What do you do to kind of stay on top of your product in sports? It's tough. Um, I get a lot from social media, and mm-hmm. you know, I'll watch sports when I can, but I can't. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm a huge Yankee fan, and I've watched maybe half a dozen games this year, and usually it's as background noise as I'm doing card related stuff. Um, it's tough. I mean, I, I go to games, I'm a, you know, sports fan, you know, at heart. And I mean, that's at the core of all of this, but the, you know, discussions and, and threads and in, in our chat room and again, social media, and, and you kind of, you, you kind of need to keep up to kind of know what's going on. But uh, I, I certainly not in a spot where I can, you know, watch sports center all day, but um, there's some things I miss out, but, the way social media is now, if you follow it, even if let's just say Twitter, you see everything, you know, you see everything yeah. at some point, you know, you know who, I mean, there's even a Twitter profile that is nothing but home runs. I think every time somebody hits a home run, you know, and, and you, you kind of gauge, you know, who's hot by, you know, what's selling the fastest or what the price points are. And, you know, the Mets spot has jumped up. The blue Jays spot has jumped up and, it's tough to be in this industry and be out of the loop, you know, except like I said, hockey's weak. Um, I need to spend more time with basketball, things like that, but baseball and football, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like in in any break room you go to, especially one like yours, it's pretty engaging. You kind of just by attrition, by osmosis, you kind of figure out what's happening in sports. Oh yeah. I mean, and my guys, you know, we've got a general, chat room and guys just talking smack especially when the rivals are playing and and you know it's you see it all so it, it's pretty cool and it's cool what are the resources have you found useful in the hobby for valuing your cards for selling for comparing prices what what have you found to be helpful for you um you know everybody uses ebay comps so you're going to hear that one the first time all the time mm-hmm. um cardboard connection uh break ninja we've tried a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. um you know a lot of times if i need an answer i can just throw it in the room and somebody will look it up or already know the answer for me so uh kind of a managerial approach that <laughs> if i don't know the answer i'm going to find somebody that does know the answer um you know the checklist you can get a lot of information from that again cardboard connections great back it um and i guess I'll be honest, I don't track prices as far as players a lot. I base it off, you know, feedback I get from the guys. But, you know, if you ask me, hey, what's a, you know, 18 Bowman's best Mike Trout auto going for right now, I'd have to look it up because I just, you know, I don't track those that much because I just don't have time to, you know, I'm here at my desk and on the personal side of my stuff. I've got like a Joey Bart auto, a couple of Vlad juniors, Nolan Ryan, um, Acuna. And I couldn't tell you right now what they're worth because I just, I don't have time to focus on that. I haven't sold a card in a while just because it, it's, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Sure. If that makes sense. It, I'd rather, I'd rather pull that card for somebody else. And now I will tell you, I love vintage Yankees, slab Yankees, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff I can do a little better on because that's for me. But, um, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll take a 62 Roger Maris that's a little beat up over a one of one, you know, slab gem mint Clint Frazier any day of the week. Yeah. So absolutely. I agree with you there. What, what do you think the hobby needs that it does not have right now? Um, I think, I think somebody like Panini getting a license for baseball would be huge. Hmm. Um, I, I think that would, that would change some things. Um, 
I'd love to see some more people get into football. Maybe tops get into football. Um, I think the redemption game is a mess and I don't do a, a lot of redemptions because I don't, I don't rip a lot of product for myself, but you know, I've heard people horror stories of people waiting a year or two for a redemption. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't like that because it, it's just, it's not cool for the hobby. I think there are a few things that need cleaned up. Um, I bought a lot of those Gary V collector sets, mm-hmm. um, at the national. And when I sold them all out, I bought more from tops online and here's tops, a card company. And they didn't shrink wrap the boxes. They're bubble wrapped. And awesome. I think there are a lot of people that run these companies that aren't card guys, if that makes sense. And that drives me nuts because you need card guys in there. And I saw it a little bit at the national too, where it's like, yeah, you can tell this dude's not a collector. And I get that piece if you just need bodies to, to man a booth. But some of the stuff I've seen, it's like these guys can't be collectors themselves because nobody that was a collector would do this to another collector. So um, I think that part of it needs to change. I think if somebody came out and took over a company and was an actual card guy, I think it would be huge. But again, the, the licensing thing too, I think um, I'd love to see – a company like upper deck get back in, Mm. you know, to something besides hockey. And I think some of that would be a game changer too. No, that's good feedback. Yeah. You you just mentioned the whole, this dude's not a collector. And we were talking earlier about Gary V and the audience he's bringing in. I think, unfortunately we just have to get ready for more of that. You know, it just, there's going to be a lot of that kind of infiltrating where you're going to get more complaints about someone taping a top loader and shipping it. You know, like they, yeah. just, they just don't know kind of the etiquette of the card market and what collectors expect, which is fine. We can educate, but. And I think we, we teach some of the guys that stuff in our group, but you know, I think a big part of that too is, you know, on the corporate side, some of these guys sure. that are making these decisions aren't collectors at heart too. And I yeah. think they do, again, they do things that don't, you know, aren't good for the actual collector. So. Yeah, no, I think it's a very, very fair point. Um, well, cool, man. This is this has been really good. It's been really good talking to you. Um, and for folks that are listening, like I didn't prepare you for any of these questions, so you're <laughs> well, well done. I'm I'm really impressed. Just shooting from the hip. Um, so where where can folks find you? We're gonna wrap up with some rapid fire, but where can folks find you? And what kind of what's going on in the next few weeks that people should know about? All right. So website MidwestBoxBreaks.com. Mm-hmm. If you're a new collector. Uh, you can use MBB10, MBB10, and that's good for 10% off anything in your cart. Secure website, credit card, PayPal. Um, and then Twitter is at Midwest Box Break. Mm-hmm. There's not enough characters for the S on the end. Then Facebook <laughs> is at Midwest Box Breaks. Instagram is Midwest Box Breaks underscore Ben. For some reason, there was some other, I don't know if someone just locked in Midwest Box Breaks and didn't do anything with it, but that is not me. It's got to say underscore Ben. Um, Bowman Chrome's coming down the line right now. We're doing five-star baseball, some absolute football. Um, if you meet the criteria of what I talked about for break club, shoot me a DM on any of those platforms and we can talk about it and get you in. But, um, again, it's about the collector and about the group and, and giving you value for your uh, money. And we're on YouTube. Love to get some YouTube subs. Just search Midwest box breaks and, uh, Heck yeah. Check us out. Let's get Ben to a thousand, man. We got to get you so you can do some, some breaks from the hotel room. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> All right, here's some rapid fire for you. Okay. Um, you can manage any sports team. Which team do you manage? Yankees. <laughs> okay. Um, what was your favorite TV show as a kid? Knight Rider. Beautiful. Okay. Who is the funniest customer that you have? I'll say Gator Mike. Gator Mike. Shout out to Gator Mike. Awesome. If uh, if you could have written any song, which song would it have been? Uh, I'll say Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Who sings that? Why do I not know Elvis. that? Elvis. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a youngin', man. I'm almost yeah, 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last book that you read. Uh, actually crushing it, Gary V. 
Beautiful. Awesome. Good stuff. Ben, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great week. It's awesome. I love everything you guys do, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you so much. You got it. Enjoy the rest of your week. See ya. Hey, see ya. Bye. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you again, Ben and Midwest Box Breaks. Be sure to go to Midwest Box Breaks and use coupon code CULTURE for 5% off your next order. You'll see it all over Twitter, too. We'll be broadcasting that out. Go take advantage of that and uh, get to know Ben. Be on the lookout. Episode 70 coming soon. Have a great week. See ya.